Are you ready to stop riding the emotional elevator of life? Are you ready to learn how to elevate your emotions that keep you psychologically traumatized or in an addictive behavior? You are in the right place. Here is your host, Sandy Bird, trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach of the Emotional Elevator Show. Well, welcome tonight. This episode is all about addiction or obsession. So last week, we kind of talked about addiction. Um, First, let me introduce myself. Gosh, I forgot that. I am Sandy Bird. I am your host of Emotional Elevators. And what I like to talk about is a lot of the psychological trauma I went through and how it created certain habit forms, certain feelings, addictions, or obsessions, um, and how those psychological traumas can cause those. So last week we dove into addictions and I talked a lot about emotional eating as being an addiction. I talked a lot about a lot of the reality shows being addictions. And tonight I kind of want to go on the topic of addiction or obsession. But first you're going to see me kind of look down because I'm going to read the definition and I want to make sure I get it right because when you Google Addiction versus obsession, this is what you will get. Addiction is a habit that seeks pleasure, and obsession is a habit that seeks to find relief. And I've got to do, oops, I, live TV here. I just clicked on something and I went away. Anyway, that's live TV. And so addiction is pleasure seeking. Obsession seeks relief. Now, see, I question that because we all think about when we think about addiction is using a substance or emotional eating or a lot of people say, no, retail therapy, sorry, I'm jet lagged, is obsession. See, I bear to differ with that. And some people think obsessive, like obsessive compulsive behavior which I years ago was labeled with um, obsessive compulsive disorder because, which is known as OCD, because I had to have things a certain way. Like if I vacuumed, I vacuumed and I had to leave the marks in it. If I was working in somewhere and the signs were a little bit crooked and I'm holding my arms up like they're crooked. So if you're listening to me, I'm kind of like showing how they were a little bit crooked. They had to be fixed or it literally sent me in a tangent So when I think about that, what I think about is the obsessive part of that. Why was I so obsessed about that? Was it bringing me relief to fix it? Or was it bringing me joy, which is addiction? And that's why I kind of think they intertwine and can coexist. Because for me, if I saw a sign crooked, it made me think about my life. Like if everyone sees everything as perfect, then they'll see my life as perfect. If I'm working somewhere where everything's perfect, looks perfect, then maybe it will be perfect. That was my psychological mind thinking that. The same thing with addiction. When we talk about addiction and it's pleasure seeking, I bear to differ with that too. Because how many people who are or who have an addiction and I'm going to use my mother, for instance, she was an alcoholic. And many a times during her addictive behavior, she would get sick. She would say things she didn't know what she was saying. And then the next day, 
Do you think she still found pleasure in that? In the moment, yes, but it wasn't that she was finding pleasure in the moment. Sometimes she was suppressing something in the moment. And that's why I don't think addiction is just about pleasure. And I don't think obsession is just about finding a relief because of a fear. Because my OCD, I now call it overly cleaning dysfunction, because I do like to clean. Now, nowadays, my cleaning is not about, oh, my gosh, let me clean because of fear that someone might see my house disorderly. Then they might see the trauma, the psychological trauma. So that's where obsessive obsession becomes to play. But when I think about it nowadays, sometimes I vacuum and I clean when I'm feeling in a mood, bring pleasure to me. So does that mean I'm addicted vacuuming? think so. And as I continue to study this, it makes me really think, am I really addicted to the sense of cleaning or is it really an obsession or is it just something I sometimes do just because I want to do it and there's not trauma behind it? Now, in the past, yes, there was trauma behind it. So I'm going to tell you this weekend, I traveled. I traveled um, with one of my children. We went to Tampa and the old me would have been very obsessive over the trip. We got to get there on time. We've got to do, we've, you know, all, everything had to be in an order. And my kids really hated to travel with me because I was so obsessive with, we have to leave at this time. We have to stop at this time. You know, there was an obsession and it was a trauma because I remember missing things in my life when I was a child because we didn't arrive places on time or whatever. So it turned into a psychological trauma. So I had to intern, basically have anxiety and fear that, oh gosh, if we don't leave at this time, we won't get to this place at this time and we won't arrive there on time. So we would miss out. That is a form of obsession. So going back to this weekend, I went out of town with my son and his girlfriend to Tampa. And I decided I'm going to let go. I'm not going to be obsessed. I know him. He's the one who likes to get there early. So I know I can count on him to be ready. And hey, where are you at? Let's let's get on the road. So we did. And when I got down there and the old me would have been obsessed with financial. So raising them, we weren't in the best of financial shape. And at one point, I decided just to let it go because you know what? Money comes, money goes. And this trip was all about doing things they wanted to do, but also that I could enjoy for the first time doing. I let go of the obsession of, oh my gosh, so if we do this, it might cost this. If we do that, oh my gosh. No, I just let it go because now I realize I don't need to obsess over that. I can just let it go and be happy with the moment. But it was the psychological trauma growing up with a single parent and having to raise two children with minimal money brought that on me to be obsessed as well into that situation. And I don't want to be like that anymore. So that's where psychological trauma with obsession comes into play because the obsession can also bring you pleasure because 
like I said, before it did, obsession was fear-based, but at the same time, if everything went as planned for me, it brought me joy. It brought me pleasure. And this weekend letting it go was very gratifying for me. I could enjoy a whole lot more by letting go of the obsession. And that's where the addiction or obsession. So I've learned too in all this journey that the the addiction, pleasure seeking, you can pleasure seek with an obsession. Because if you think about certain reality shows out there, one in particular I've watched recently is Weird Addictions, I want to say, or something about addictions. But here's the thing. When they are asked, why do you enjoy eating salt or salt chalk? Or why do you enjoy talcum powder, sniffing it? Well, it brings me joy. It reminds them of a certain time in their life. And if it's bringing them joy, is that an obsession? Or is it an addiction? And that's where I feel like they coexist and can cross the lines. So I was an emotional eater. We've talked a lot about that, and I talked about it last week. So that was an addiction. It wasn't a fear. I wasn't trying to, you know, it wasn't fear-based. But I also obsessively vacuumed some. But sometimes doing that it brought me joy where I didn't emotionally eat. Because there was times where I would come home after a very stressful day at work and I'd walk in the house and I was already on edge and ready, you know, to pounce and three kids and, you know, a disabled husband. I went ahead and started cleaning and vacuuming because at that time it brought me pleasure. It brought me joy to feel, wow, I'm accomplishing something. So does that mean in the moment my obsession was an addiction? No, but I do still believe it was an obsession. And now, like coming home today, I chose to kind of clean, do laundry. Didn't have to. Was that an obsession? In the olden me, I would say, oh, yeah, I definitely am obsessed with, you know, making sure of things the way I want it when I come in and when I'm back home and everything like that. No, it's just a matter of feeling grounded now, grounded in my own house, grounded in myself, because when I go out of town and when I was out of town this weekend, I feel like I was there enjoying everything. And sometimes I get to the point where I want to maybe stay there. So when I come home and I can get grounded in my surroundings, and I hope you just didn't hear, I just hit my mic. When I get grounded in my surroundings, that does bring me joy and it does bring me pleasure. So that's where that obsession comes from. It was an obsession. Now is an addiction. Or is it just something now that I can say, there's no trauma behind it. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because there's a fear that, oh, my gosh, someone might stop by the house today and might see like I've been out of town, you know, so things are out of place. or I ran in and threw my eggs down and I have clothes everywhere. It's not that anymore because that was psychological trauma where I always felt 
And I was brought up in a home where you always make sure everything had its place and had to be put in its place because of the fact that we wanted to look apart. We wanted to look the perfect part. So what did we do? We cleaned. We, you know, made sure our clothes were nice and pressed. I mean, back when irons were a thing, how many people had to make sure that they had heavy starch shirts and ironed pants and everything to look apart? Because that was an obsession. And when did we start realizing that we had true obsessions? And when did we realize that's an obsession and not an addiction? Because to me, some of those do coexist. And I think they both can bring pleasure. And I think they both come from fear. But yes, there are differences. An obsession is something like someone's got to count something five times. That's an obsession. But it could, to me, still be an addiction if it brings them comfort, if it brings them joy in that moment. And that's why, to me, there is differences between addiction and obsession, but I don't think the definitions clearly match up because they can be intertwined. They can coexist. And that does, they, you know, in definitions, it does talk about how they can coexist because of the emotions behind it. But what emotions are we trying to gather or what emotions are we trying to grab when we have addictions and obsessions? What is the emotion? And what is it we're trying to strive for with them? And what is the psychological trauma behind them? Because that's what I want to go into is what psychological trauma did I experience or maybe you experienced that we'll be able to dive into even further because that's what this is about. Associating addiction or obsession or both with a psychological trauma that you might have experienced and why some of us are more prone to obsessions with psychological trauma. And some of us are more prone to addictions with psychological trauma because that's a big thing. Some of us go more towards the addiction when we have psychological trauma. Some of us go more to obsessions with psychological trauma. But I think we have both. I really think we have both when we've gone through true psychological traumas. And there's some that I think we're all going to remember as children, that was said to us, because we're going to go to a break in less than a minute. But I want to wait on that, because when we come back, that's why I want to ask a question. Did you ever hear these things in life? Because that embedded some of the obsessions in us. So we're about to go to a break. And I am your host, Sandy Bird, on Emotional Elevator, here on Inspired Choices Network which you'll be able to listen to me every Wednesday. And when you come on, please register because I'd like to know who's here. Or you can always reach out to me at Sandy Bird, at Sandy, sorry, Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com. So we are about to go to break. And when we come back, the psychological traumas that a lot of people don't think about that might've been said that pushes us 
to obsession and pushes up pushes us to addiction and how they can correlate and relate. So we're going to go to break. And like I said, when we come back, I'm going to start asking you, did you hear this? And could it have led to an obsession or an addiction? And I'm your host, Sandy Bird, and you're listening to Emotional Elevator. Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator with trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach, Sandy Bird, where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to sandy at emotionalelevator.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, I am Sandy Bird on Emotional Elevator. And thank you for joining me on the Inspired Choices Network. So tonight I've been talking about addiction or obsession. And before we went to break, I said I would ask, did you ever hear this as a child? And could this have caused some obsessions within your life? So some of us were probably brought up in a very religious home. Um, and we were told next to godliness is cleanliness. But that have caused some psychological trauma. I think in my life, yes, it did. Because when some things happened, you know, when my mom ended up becoming a mother divorced when that was not a thing, I felt, oh my gosh, I better clean because I might go to HE double hop hockey sticks. So some of mine came from that. And a lot of the trauma that I suffered, I felt, well, maybe it's because I didn't clean enough because God sees that I'm a dirty person. So some of my OCD came from there, came from that. And I think a lot of my family felt the same way because we were taught that so much and it was so instilled in us and being involved so much in the church. And I'm not criticizing any religious, please don't you know, reach out to me and say, you know, uh, 
anything like that. I'm just saying, I was told that so much, like that was a daily occurrence for us, you know, exocondyliness is cleanliness. And I'm not saying that, yes, there was wrong with that by saying it every day, because I felt that as a psychological trauma, I felt that bad things were happening to us because maybe I didn't clean good enough or I wasn't perfect enough. And that's where I want to be. And I lead to perfection for me because of the fact that I am, I am obsessed with perfection. Um, And when things go wrong, sometimes I will quit because I feel like I'm letting people down. And I know to this day that I started doing that as well to my children. Exogodliness is cleanliness. Does that mean I love them any different? No. So I stopped saying that because I realized I too was instilling what I was feeling. And that's where my obsessive compulsive, some of my obsessive compulsive behavior came from. But a lot of it came from, if everything looks perfect, maybe it will be perfect. So starting a new business, and this is where obsession comes in, starting a new business, many business people say, you know, you got to drive it, 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 you got to post three times a day, you got to do this, you've got to do that. And I did. I jumped into that and I became obsessive. To the point I was posting things weren't me. I was posting things to post things. And I decided recently that I was not becoming the person I necessarily wanted to be with. I was becoming obsessed with what I was told because I have to reach perfection. It's not necessarily about what I was saying or what I was doing and being authentic and, and using my integrity. It was a whole point that I got to put something out there. I got to do this. I got to do that. So I wasn't, I became obsessed with a fear. I wasn't obsessed with being Sandy Bird. I was obsessed with, I got to put a post out. I got to do this. And when I decided to start just letting go and being who I really was and putting out things that I am really about, more people started listening and looking and going, oh, okay, now this is Sandy. And that's what this weekend was about too, is having emotional elevator. Yes, every day I want to post and some days I do. But this weekend, I let that go because I, I really wanted to, didn't need to, wanted to have unplugged time with one of my sons that I wanted to heal with. Gosh, I feel like I'm getting emotional. But spending time with him unplugged means more to me than having a client. Because now that I've worked on my healing and my trauma and those still things that are instilled in my kids that I see are obsessive behaviors with them, I would rather see them work on themselves. And have their mom be unplugged and be present. And yes, I'm getting emotional. Then to post, post, to have a client. Because the clients that I want to work the most with 
or clients that have been where I've been and don't just want to heal for themselves, but want to heal their family and the generations to come. Because that's what really, me going on my healing journey, talking about this on Emotional Elevator and helping other people, is so I can do that. So I can show people that the psychological traumas that we've been holding on to for 40 plus years, maybe 50 years, and that we've instilled in our own children who are then going to instill in our next generations, that can be healed. And those generational curses can be broken. And those obsessions, because I kind of, when I first, before I started working on my healing, I kind of enjoyed hearing the obsessions that my sons had. Sundays, we don't do nothing. We got to stay home. We do the laundry. We go shopping. We do this. Like, there's a regiment for my sons on a Sunday. And I kind of sat back and went, if that's their day off and that's what they're doing, I feel guilty. So being Wayne out of town and having that, that Sunday in a park, swimming with stingrays and going out of my son's comfort zone, I'd already reached into that uncomfort swimming with stingrays and sharks and stuff like that. But he did it. Was he completely enjoying himself? No, but he did it. And it brought me so much joy because I saw like if I can show him and my other kids, my daughter and my other son, and even my stepkids, if I can show them that I can overcome psychological trauma that I put on myself at this point, I'm putting it on myself. If I can do that, then and get and stop it and recognize my obsessions and my addictions, they too can do that. Because what I want from all of us is to recognize, okay, this is an obsession. And where did it come from? And why am I obsessed over it? Is it something that I enjoy? Because I'll be honest with you, I do enjoy vacuuming. It is sometimes my stress reliever. So maybe I am addicted to vacuuming and I'm okay with that. But to now know I'm not doing it because it's fear driven that everything's got to be perfect. And nope, don't anybody walk in the carpet because I want those lines there. But now to do it because this is my home, my house, and I enjoy being in my space the way I want my space to be. And some days, if I don't want to make my bed, I don't have to make my bed. But I was taught, before you go to school, you make your bed. Before you do this, you do this. You know, it was always a regimen because there was so much fear and psychological trauma that my mom had gone through that she instilled in me. And it is those thoughts. And it's like I was just saying about the saying of, and like I said, please, I am believing God, the universe source. I believe he gave me this voice to speak about this. When we start categorizing God for psychological reasons, next to God, 
cleanliness, the trauma that we're putting on ourselves and our children and our generations. No, because you don't realize when you say something like that, and I'm speaking for myself, when you say stuff like that, it does put psychological trauma in there that instills that. So when all of a sudden something traumatic happens that you don't think God is going to do to you, and what I mean is a rape, I was raped. What do you think I'm thinking? It wasn't clean enough. Or now I'm dirty. And that's where the OCD comes in. Well, because I wasn't clean. I was raped. And God's finishing me. So let me let me take off the skin off my hands because I'm not clean enough. So these are topics right here that we need to steer away from. Because if you are a Christian, a Catholic, a Jew, whatever. God is going to love you, whether you come dirty or clean. And that's what we need to start talking about, not separating and saying things that can cause psychological trauma and make us feel that we need, we're, we're not because we don't look a certain way or we are a certain way. Because that's what's causing the psychological trauma. And that's what's causing these obsessions and addictions. Oh my gosh, it's almost time for another break. This will be a good break. I can gather myself back again. But that's what I'm saying. Because that was instilled in me, that's where some of my fear came from. That it's got to be clean. It's got to be tidy. It's got to be a certain way. No, I wasn't one of those people that abused somebody because the the you couldn't see the label on the spice rack. I know there was a movie about that, um, but it still was there. That if everything is perfect, then I will be seen as perfect. So we're going to go to our second break. Wow, time is flying in this conversation. So we will go to our second break. Again, you can reach me at sandy at emotionalelevator.com. Please reach out to me if anything I said sparks something in you. I would love to hear from you. But also, again, you can listen to me every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here on the Inspired Choices Network. You'll also be able to play me like um, I'm on many different stations out there. Spotify, one of my favorites, Apple Radio. I heart all of them. Um, so again, we'll be going to a break. And when we come back, we'll get into more things that can help you break these psychological traumas that are related to addictions or obsessions or both and how they kind of intertwine and how you can change that. So again, thank you for joining me tonight on Emotional Elevator. I am Sandy Berg, and I'm so excited to be having this conversation so come back. Thank you. Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator with trauma.
trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach, Sandy Bird, where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining me, Sandy Byrne, on Emotional Elevator tonight on Inspired Choices Network. We have been talking about addiction or obsession, and I've kind of gone into obsession and how the psychological traumas can lead to some of our obsessive behaviors. And I kind of got emotional there because I have handed down some of my obsessive behaviors to my children because of the psychological trauma that I, too, imposed on them, that was imposed on me. And I am very grateful to be able to work on my healing and spread that to other people to recognize their psychological traumas that might have been said or done to them and how to break those cycles and also how to break those generational curses. Because my youngest child is my daughter and we are very blessed together to break these generational curses. So I'm going to tell you a funny story about me and my OCD and my obsessive cleanliness. I call it my obsessive cleanliness disorder because I still kind of have it. So this is a very good story about my daughter and I. My daughter has always been in the messy Marvin. She has, and sorry if you're listening to me, your name is Marvin, but that's just what I told her. So she was always the one that the door got closed and she fought back. And I finally gave in and I'm like, you know what? It's her. It's her personality. I'm just going to let it go. And that's when I realized I need to work on my healing when that place. So we didn't talk for a couple of years because we had generational curses we need to break. And we had very, this is going to be a topic and she might end up coming on here with me, but this is a topic for next show. But to kind of give you the, the layout, I told her, we're going to go on this retreat together and start working on our healing. We had to heal apart and heal together. And yes, I'm using my hands. So if you're listening to me, I was having two hands and pulling them in together. Anyway, we went on this retreat together. So as we go to the retreat, I told myself, A, I am the early person. She is not. She's a late person. When we got to the airport, before we got on the plane, I'm like, come on, we got to go. You know, we got to go. 
I'm obsessive about this. And she's, you know, at this point, cussing me out, going, just take me home. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this mom. I can't handle this. I'm already having anxiety. You're pushing me over there. Okay. Hold it back. I realize this is what I need to work on. I need to work on this. She is not the same person as I am. We are two different people. She does not have the obsession I do. So we get to this retreat. And this is where the story kind of gets funny and fun. I decided as I got on the plane, we both went to sleep. I started dreaming that, hey, this is either going to break us apart or it's going to bring us together. I'm in a battle with myself. And I drawn this as soon as we landed and told myself as soon as we got in the car and we drove to the place. Sandy, you are not going to clean up everything. You're going to be messy. You are not going to obsess everything's being clean. And I convinced myself of this. So, obviously, my daughter sitting in the passenger seat was saying, Cassie, you're not going to be messy this trip. You're going to clean up. Do this to make your mom happy. And here I am saying, do this to make my daughter happy. So, we get there. We unpack. We change clothes. We come back. We're changing in our pajamas. I'm just throwing the stuff away. My daughter's neatly doing stuff. The next morning, we get up. I knew the host of this retreat. We go out and I go back in the bedroom to go to the bathroom. I drank my coffee with the older women. There was women, older women and younger women. Anyway, I go back in and it's made. Bathroom's kind of straightened up. I go out, I'm like, wait a minute, did you have a maid? And she's like, no. What are you talking about? I'm like, I didn't make the bed. I, don't, I chose not to make the bed. And I know my daughter didn't make the bed. So here she comes, coming in to get herself her coffee. And the person in charge goes, hey, did you make the bed? Because your mom's in here like thinking I had a man. She goes, yeah. You made the bed? Yeah. So then later that day, we did an exercise. And she says, mom, I chose to make you happy. And I was like, I'm choosing to make you happy. So I realized then that she was breaking that obsessive compulsive or obsessive cleaning disorder that I had because she chose to try to please me by always cleaning up and making the bed and doing everything. And I was choosing to be messy to make her feel comfortable, make her happy. So we did this retreat and then we decided to spend more time together and we went to another part of Arizona and we spent time together and we we just kind of did our thing. But there was days where she made her bed. I did not. There was days where I had clothes everywhere. She did not. Because we both chose to show the other person that we still can do things to kind of make the other person happy, I guess you want to say. But to show... I can do this. And I showed her, well, I can do this. I don't have to have things this way. What I want is happiness and joy within us. And I want us to be able to be on a level where we can enjoy each other. So that's when I realized that that was a psychological trauma. My obsessive making sure everything was clean and orderly and going out of town. You got to make sure everything's folded nicely and everything. 
just throwing stuff around because I wanted her to feel comfortable. And she then was cleaning her stuff up to make me feel comfortable. And that's when we chose, you know what, we're not going to continue to do that because what, what's wrong with being ourselves? What's wrong with me being kind of a tidy person? And what's wrong with her accepting her the way she is? Because she broke a generational curse of a family with strong, strong obsessive cleaning disorder. I'm not going to say OCD because we didn't, you know, a lot. I've had doctors say like OCD is more of the, you know, you got to go around the block three times, you circle three times. Like I did those kind of things. Yes. I don't do that anymore. I can see pictures crooked and I can walk by and I'm like, oh, that's okay. Because I realize it's good not to have things look perfect because it's not perfect. And that's what social media did for me over the years, too, is as you look at people and everything looks so perfect and uniform. And when I had people out there telling me, you know, what to say, how to act, I realized that's not me. So why am I going to do that? Why am I going to be somebody I'm not? And that is choosing an obsessive behavior to put on a facade. And that is what obsession is. It was based out of fear. If I don't say this, if I don't act like this, if I don't do this, no one's going to come to me. I realize people weren't drawn to me because they could see through me. They could see I was putting on a facade. They could see I was not being. And I really don't like the word authentic because I think you can be in this probably another show because I think you can be authentic in the moment. But what I coach out of it is the three eyes, integrity, intuition, and insight. Through all my trauma, abuse, rape, everything I've been through my obsessions, my addictions, I've always had integrity. Everything you're going to get from me with truth. And when I realized I started putting myself out there without my integrity, that's when I decided, no, I, no, I'm done. Let me be me. Because the stories I'm going to tell on here and the psychological trauma I'm going to talk about, they're real. And this is me telling my truths, me telling you what I figured out through my healing journey and what I want to help other people figure out. So my obsessive cleaning disorder came from the impact of cleanliness, the sex of godliness, and a family that if things aren't clean, bad things will happen. Well, bad things happened to me and things were not, were always clean. And it became more obsessively cleaning because as things continue to happen to me, we can continue to obsess on it and cleanliness. Well, maybe, maybe I got, you know, smacked around because that picture wasn't perfect. Maybe I got raped because I didn't take a shower that day. I don't even remember. But Maybe because this, maybe because that, that is wrong. It happened. It happened. It doesn't matter whether I would have been clean or dirty or 
picture was perfect or I looked perfect. It was going to happen regardless. And I feel like now we'll go back into the addiction side. With the addiction side of this, I became more obsessive. I did not become more addictive. Food was on my emotional, but I became more obsessive with the cleanliness, with scrubbing myself, with making sure everything, because I feel sometimes like my obsession tells you what my value is, my self-worth, my self-value, my image, my self-image. My hair is perfect and my hair is straight. That's where my obsession comes from. Oh my gosh, my time for tonight is almost up and I'm hoping everyone got something from what I'm talking about, but we're going to go on our last break for tonight. And of course, please reach out to me at Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com if you have any questions or if you want to reach out and hear more about me and my story. If you want someone who will help you break that psychological trauma behind addiction or obsession, because I am your coach for you. There's so much more psychological trauma I can get into with myself and that I've passed down to generations that I'm breaking for further generations. Because I am Sandy Burr on Emotional Elevator here on Inspired Choices Network. You'll be able to find me every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And yes, I got off an airplane tonight. I did not want to pre-record this because, again, I felt I wanted to be live. I got more obsessed with being live than I did with recording. So we're going to go on our last break for tonight. And you are on Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bloom on Spiritual Network. Are you living a life of psychological trauma or suffering from an addiction? Are you ready to learn new techniques to elevate your emotions without sustaining or obtaining them from substances that are not good for your mind or body? Then continue to tune into Emotional Elevator with trauma, addiction, life, and spiritual coach, Sandy Bird, where you will learn techniques to elevate your emotions that don't require a magic pill, food, or impulsive behavior. Listen to Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Emotional Elevator with Sandy Bird. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Sandy at EmotionalElevator.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. So a question was asked me, is people-pleasing an addiction or an obsession? It can be a little bit of both depending on your psychological trauma. And that is a good topic for a show that I was going to come up with for the new year because we all talk about that after the holidays, um, the people-pleasing. People-pleasing to me can be both. And the reason I'm going to answer this question as both, because when 
we want to seem like we've got this perfect life going on and perfect. We will please others because of the obsession of wanting the obsession of the fear that we need to let go of where also people pleasing can be an addiction, especially like I say, when it comes to children and stuff is because we want to make sure they're pleased. We want to make sure they see us perfectly, that they see we overcompensate for what we see as our flaws. So then I can tell an interesting story about people pleasing. So back when I learned hypnosis, I am also a um, hypnotherapist and I use that in my coaching. When we, when I was going to do the training, she said, a lot of people don't realize that they're people pleasers. I was a people pleaser. You asked me to go somewhere, I went. I was obsessed with, obsessed. I was obsessed with having to go everywhere with everyone. If someone asked me, they got first choice. It didn't matter if I was tired as tired could be. If you asked me to go somewhere, I went because I had a people please. So anyway, hypnosis. He said a lot of people don't realize that sometimes their people pleasing comes from trauma. And I was like, okay, let's go further. Well, I became a people pleaser when my best friend died. Is what I was told by this person. Wait, what? Moment. Light bulb. Bling. Guess I'm making the bling look. People pleasing for me was an obsession because I was supposed to go to a party when I was, we were a month from graduating high school. I was a lifeguard, a lifeguard manager by that point at 17. I was 18. And I was supposed to go to a party with a friend of mine. She had had suicidal tendencies, but she was going to a party, many people there. It was basically a celebration of graduation and some older kids. So I thought, you know what? Her brother's going to be there. She'll be fine. I don't need to go. I've been working all day. It's Saturday. I've got to work all day tomorrow. I'm not going to go out. I'm just going to go home. I didn't go to the party. Monday, I went into, she went to a different high school, but I went to a vocational, a specialty school at that high school. And when I walked in, they said, I'm going to take a moment of silence. And I look out of the corner of my eye and I see my mom walking down the hall. And I see one of my other friends. She had died at the party. There's many more details. Well, I realized people pleasing became an addiction and an obsession for me because I never wanted anyone else to die on my watch. So I always had to be with other people and anyone who asked me, because I was afraid they might die on my watch. I held that until two years ago. Put everyone else first because I was afraid that somebody else, it was not my fault. None of that was my fault, but I carried the burden. And that is psychological trauma. That right there is psychological trauma. Oh my gosh, we are almost done. Wow. Anyway, you're going to have to reach out to me to get the tips for breaking the obsession or the addiction. Basically, obsession is realizing why. Asking yourself and journaling around. I'm a big believer of journaling. Why do I feel the need to have everything look perfect in my life? Where did this become such an important part of my life? 
like I said, I found out two years ago about my people pleasing. So ask yourself, if you have to have the pictures perfect, why do I have to have the pictures perfect? Why am I obsessed with everybody else on social media? Why am I obsessed with making sure I rehearse everything I say? Why am I obsessed when I have squirrel moments? Why am I obsessed with this? There is a psychological trauma that is keeping you obsessed. And when you can figure that out, you can dial it back and go, you know what? What is this doing for me? What is the fear that I'm trying to get over? Or what is the emotion that I'm trying to obtain? Or what is the result from that obsession? And when they correlate, addiction's the same way. Is your obsession bringing you pleasure in that moment? Or is your obsession a reason or correlation um, or a habit? I had to look at a piece of paper because I was trying to come up with the word habit. The habit. Why is your, your obsession a habit? Why do you have to come in and clean and see marks? What part in your life did you hold something like I was told or witness something where, oh, if it's clean, it'll be perfect. Or if everyone sees my life is perfect, they'll think I'm perfect. We are not perfect. We all have some form of psychological trauma and it's just getting down to figuring it out. And the question was asked to me about the people pleasing. And I learned what that was. And when that light bulb went on, it was like, I've been carrying that burden for 30, it was like 36 years. I was carrying a burden. It wasn't my burden to carry. And it was freeing to realize. And yes, I was obsessed. And obsession is a habit because you continuously do it. You know, you got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing it. And it's like tapping twice or circling parking lot three times because it makes you feel secure. Like sometimes I hear I circle parking spots like a shark waiting for that perfect parking spot. That's an obsession. Why? Because I've been hit in a parking lot before? But I lived. My car got a dent. I wasn't even in the car. Now I don't have to do that. So thank you for joining me on Emotional Elevator. Sandy Thank Bell. you for listening to the Emotional Elevator Show. Sandy returns Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, start elevating your emotions and stop riding the emotional elevator that is stopping you from living the life you deserve.